0: Okay, so we're taping this uh, Sunday night Brisbane time. It's been a few hours since Game 5 of the NBA Finals was played in Phoenix. It's a 3-2 lead to the Bucs. It's been such a a seesaw-type series. What's been your general impressions, first of all, over the last five games?
1: Um, I guess a bit of seesaw nature. So, I mean, Phoenix came out really quick, and then I thought they were going to kind of blow the whole thing out. Um, and then it felt like it. The momentum shifted a little bit um, in ga- even in game two when when Phoenix Phoenix still won, but you were looking at it mm-hmm. thinking they figured some stuff out here and they've got some positive things to go home with. Uh, Giannis has been a beast all. All, all series. He's, he's just been fantastic. And, the you know, we were texting back and forth, like two of the best defensive plays we've seen in the finals for, for years happened with the, the block and then the strip and, and the, the lob today. It was, you know, I, I, I feel like a bit of momentum shifted, but it was a one-point game mm. in the last two minutes. So I looked at it and I just thought, anyone can win this. Like the the game and the games are all great, so it's been it's been great as a fan. But I'm looking at it now, thinking I don't. I, I think you probably have to favor the Bucs because they finally managed to win a game on the on Phoenix's court. Um, but it's been swinging back and forth. I think Giannis has is kind of at like I don't know how a two-time MVP can kind of emerge to another level, but I feel like he has a little bit um, in these finals. Um, and it's, it's been great, but um, I, I, I feel like the momentum's shifted to the Bucs a, a little bit over the course of the finals.
0: Look, I agree. And I think before the finals, you had the Suns in six, I had the Bucs in seven, and we were questioning if Giannis was going to play game one at all. He ended up playing. He was clearly not 100%. Um, Phoenix won comfortably game two. He had an amazing performance, 40-point game. Um, They still lost, but like you said, they started figuring things out, getting him in the right positions. And and then, you know, you come to the supporting casts, right? And I think it's been a big series of supporting casts and when they've showed up and when they haven't. And in Milwaukee's case, so far, Middleton and Holiday have had their one game each where they sort of are the stars of the game. They give you everything. I mean, Drew Holiday today was amazing. 27 points, 13 assists, which was was big. 50% 50% from the three-point line, which he's been struggling with nearly all series and an amazing defence and that play that you mentioned. Amazing timing on the strip, not to foul, book just as he was turning and then to have the confidence and trust in Giannis to actually throw him the alley-oop was sensational. You know, rewind back one game further and it was the Chris Middleton show, 40 points and then really stepping up and making shot after shot. He was incredible uh, in that fourth quarter. But amongst it all, he... Giannis has been the key, you know, the one sort of consistent thing that's been happening with the VACs that you could rely on game in, game out. And he didn't quite have 40 points this game, but you know, 32 points, nine rebounds, and six of the better assists you'll see in a in a finals game as well. They weren't just your sort of standard assists, someone's got a hand in the face. They were beautiful looks, drawing defense, waiting till the last second to dish off to middleton, finding Portis in the corner for a three. And and I thought he's he's been remarkable. But really, it's great to see, you know, Middleton and Holiday give you the sort of... I, I told you, I think, in a text that they sort of owe a game each per series where one of them has to really light it up. And then Giannis is so consistent and he'll bring it every game that, you know, he'll always take you there. And I thought Connerton today, 14 points off the bench, yeah. four three-pointers, you know, they got 23 points off their bench to to Phoenix's 15 and I thought he was huge to be honest he was hitting when especially when they were coming back from that 16 point uh, deficit in the first quarter right and what was interesting in that is despite you know Giannis being as consistent as I've I've mentioned they went on that run to chip it back without him he didn't come in until six minutes left in the second quarter so they're playing really good sort of team ball and those bodies Mate, they're um they're really wearing Phoenix down. What are you seeing from Milwaukee's defense over the last three games that sort of helped shift that series? Drew, Drew Holiday has been kind of the the big
1: piece because he's been able to really slow down Chris Ball. Um I we you know we were saying that look they they owe a game um to they, they owe a game to, to Milwaukee, but I think at the same time you can kind of cut him a little bit of slack um because he's guarding such a difficult player if he's not on Chris Paul he's on Devin Booker and Mm. that's the most difficult assignment and people are going to have like slightly off scoring um if they've got to kind of work that work that hard but I thought they they managed to get DeAndre Yerton in foul trouble in one of the games um and there's there's absolutely nobody there to kind of back up um and you know they're they're just not getting space. I, I feel like there's also kind of moments where it almost feels like Phoenix are trying to just do it a little bit too fast. It's almost like they're they're panicking a little bit. Like that last play with with Booker today, um, it was they got it to the right guy, but he just ran into three players. Like part of the reason he got stripped was Middleton and Giannis were on the side of him because they didn't space the floor out in any way. They just kind of chucked it to him and, and said, go get a, go get a bucket. But I, I think that the length that they can have like so much length on the perimeter to slow guys down and Giannis has just been, you know, he's been playing center a lot. So he's basically in there kind of dominating in the paint, I mean, on, on the defensive end and the offensive end as well, it was like within two feet of the basket, he's at like 92% efficiency or something like that. It's just Crazy. Rid, ridiculous. So I, I think they're struggling with the size. They're struggling with the length of them. And I think in a couple of cases, they're just like with Chris Paul, I think he's struggling with the youth of them as well. Like I just think Drew's got fresher legs than him. And today we were texting and you're saying he looks exhausted. And I was like, is he injured? Like he doesn't, he does not look good. And he he was invisible in game four. Like he had a, he had a terrible game. He was like standing out in kind of like spot up shooting positions at times during the game. And I don't know. I just felt like, I was like, is he injured? But I, I think you might be right. I think he might just be exhausted because, now Drew Holiday is basically just making him work for every single thing. There's no easy. There's no easy
0: buckets for him at the moment. So no. it's it's there. It's it's going to be tough from here. Look for sure, and you know, just on game four, Paul had ten points. Uh, mm. You know, five of thirteen from the field with his field goals and five turnovers. And- turnovers
1: is the bit where yeah. I
0: was like, that's that's where I'm like, Drew is getting in good work
1: because. Yeah. He was like Chris was having those crazy stat lines in the previous years, like forty points, zero turnovers, mm-hmm. or like, like thirty-five or one turnover. And you're like, "What? This is this is ridiculous!" Is and he's gone from the point guard to like almost invisible at times, which to, is, is
0: to a thirty-six-year-old to a thirty-six-year-old player who has a lot of miles on his legs and a history of injuries as well, right? I think that's what sort of Happened, and, and just to your point around the turnovers, the first three rounds in the playoffs, he had 22 turnovers mm. during the finals in five games. He's already on 18. Yeah. Um, so the, the work that they're doing on him is phenomenal. And oftentimes, even today, you see him picking up a dribble with nowhere to go, per se. Like he hasn't actually made a decision on what I'm going to do with the ball when I've picked it up. And part of it is obviously the size, which we discussed before the series even began. And they're just sticking to their guns, and I think after the first game, so picking him up full court has really impacted him, right? So you see him today trying to dish the ball a bit earlier, trying to get that early pass, get Devin Booker to do some work, or Cameron Payne uh, to push it up. Um, and and look, with that in mind, though, he can still give you the five seven minute burst, which he did in the last quarter, and that's how you know they came back, and you know they were within a point in the end really when they shouldn't have even been that close it was a 10 point game with two minutes left
1: yeah it you was th- there was one point in in the fourth where they, it was like 13 point difference mm-hmm. and like five minutes left I was like because I was like oh i I'll plug in my headphones and then I'm gonna go wash the car because I was like <laughs> this is this is done so it's I'll done. listen to the game and then after sixty seconds, I sat down next to the car, and I was like, "No, nah, I need to. <laughs> I need to kind of watch this. Watch this last couple of minutes because oh, sure. it's it's starting to get really special." But um, yeah, he's he's you know they're just making him. They're not giving him any any time. They're not giving him any space, and their length just jams up those passing lanes. So it's like the margin of error is mm-hmm. a lot smaller at the moment not only for him dishing it out, but also like people are having to make more difficult catches to shoot. So it's like, they're, they're just doing, they're doing a great job. And it's like, there's not too much that you point out and you go, that's really fantastic. It's just overall consistency across all of the the starting five for the bucks. They've just been putting in really good defense and it's, and it's wearing them
0: down. And just like on, on the topic of good defense and funnily enough, uh e right if you look at the stat line from today and i told you without without you knowing the score that the home team had a 55% field goal percentage right 68% from the three point line and 90% and they hit 90% of their free throws every time your answer is going to be the home team won the game yeah. um, because that's the same numbers like you know i thought they all the role players did remarkably well for for Phoenix, right? And Mikel Bridges and yeah, Bridges Crowder. Bridges was awesome today. He
1: like didn't miss
0: anything until the
1: fourth quarter. Yeah, he, he was he, just, he, it was his money.
0: Absolutely, he was you know five from six from the field. He hit all of his uh, three pointers. The three three out of three. Johnson off the bench was two for two from the three point line. Um, so that I thought they, in that sense, they sort of did a really good job. Except they couldn't get any stops, mm. and and that's really what the issue was after they went back to a little bit of the mean from the, from the field. Uh, Cause in the first quarter, they were over 70% field goal percentage. It was a bit stupid, right? They, they, they were 16 points up. But after that um, on the run that Milwaukee went on in the second quarter, they just couldn't buy a stop. And I really think they're getting worn down. I think these kids who've never been in this situation before um, it's catching up to them. And, you know, As good as Devin Booker is offensively, and he is a bucket, um, he's a bit of a liability on defense, and he's also has to conserve some of his energy on defense too, right? And if if you see the difference in the teams, I think the balance really stands out. I mean, Booker today took 33 shots. The next closest was CP3 with 15, right? You look Mm. at Milwaukee, and their big three all took a minimum of 20 shots each, right? And so just... Spreading the spreading the love a bit, giving everyone, um, you know, giving everyone their shots, and people taking shots in rhythm, really, really going for it, I think goes a long way towards why Milwaukee as well has sort of flipped the series as as they have. And I don't think Devin Booker is getting any help from anyone else, you know, beyond okay. Some of the role players hit a few shots, but they're not going to get more than fifteen points it really shows you how, for me anyway, sort of looking back on it he is this Suns team was really not meant to be here, <laughs> all right? I mean, they, look, they've done really well. I think CP3 has been exceptional with how he's sort of built this uh, great uh, culture, you know, with with his leadership coming into the team with all of this young crew. But if we were to be very objective about this and peel it back, you know, a healthy Lakers or a healthy Clippers and does well, this... Healthy Denver. Healthy Denver with Jamal Murray. Yeah. I mean, look, it's a great story. Don't get me wrong. But does this Suns team even make it this far when you really now start, you know, looking into these players? Like, who's going to get me my points when I need them? Who's going to really step up to help Devin Booker, who's a high-volume shooter, mind you, right? It was 17 of 33 today. It's not like he's efficient or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, you know, I was taking a step back today and I thought to myself, this Suns team is... Is definitely not even in the top four next year in terms of favourites to come out of the West. The way they're constructed, um, you know, what's your sort of thoughts on on that five games in? You
1: know, I think a lot of it is also kind of matchups. I think they they haven't had to contend with the kind of length that they've had to contend with when they when they ran into the box. Um, and Giannis has been able to like put off DeAndre yet and, um, and, you know, there's outside of those three, if you put, like, if you get a cut, like, if you get, either if Paul has a bad game or if Ayrton's not particularly having a good game um, or if Booker has a little bit of a bad game, they really struggle, whereas the the Bucks can kind of have, Giannis just cranks it out. And then it's like the others. is just like, just give me something, give me something, and and we can kind of win. If Chris, like, if Chris pulls off, then that team's not that team's not winning. And I think they they had some luck with injuries with other people, um, but it, you know, with the compressed schedule, that feels like that's kind of part of part of the whole thing. Like I don't I don't know in a regular season with the same amount of rest and all of that sort of stuff that that they that they get through. I mean, it, it feels like they got in younger than they expected to, because it was a really rapid turnaround. Um, And the, the other thing is I'm starting to, I was thinking today, I'm like, man, I'm going to have to retract a whole bunch of my statements about coach bud, because (laughs) he's, he's done a great job getting them, getting them ready to get out. Like the coach has to have done a good job if you're doing as good defensively as these guys are doing. And I was like, yeah, kind of talked a lot of smack about Coach Bud before this whole thing started. And I was like, I actually think he's—I think he's got more weapons at his disposal. Mm. But I also think that he's—he's he's made better adjustments. Like Phoenix feel like they're out there doing the same thing again. So like you need CP3 to have a good game. Booker's going to get all your points, and and DeAndre's going to just try own the boards. And if though one of those things don't work then it, it kind of falls apart. So it it almost feels like they're a little bit of a one-trick pony. And next year, they, well, I mean, I don't know what the Lakers are going to look like next year. I mean, it feels like that's going to be, there'll be some changes there. But if LeBron has a solid squad, like Chris Paul can't do anything really that LeBron can't do. Um and LeBron is a hundred pounds heavier than him, mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, he's like at worst second all time in in kind of players. So i I think you're right. I think they're gonna come back a little back to the field a little bit next year, or they've got to kind of tear things up. Not like that core three, I think are pretty good, but they need they need some other options there. Like I think Crowder is great. But then once you kind of go back beyond that, there's not much there. Like what what happens when DeAndre Ayton's off the court? Like there's nothing. When they're fully healthy, it's it's Saric, and you're just like, is is, like really no, that's not that's not good enough. Like so, there's they're very top heavy, and I think the Bucks are kind of exposing that um, that they don't have a lot of depth. Like Campaign had that awesome, you know, had an awesome game, but then he struggled every other. Kind of game since, so you're kind of looking. That was more outlier game than what you can expect to get from him game to game. So I'm with you. I think they'll come back. I, I don't think they've got the depth. I mean, and they may
0: win this year, mm. um, but yeah. but still come back to the the field to next. the field. No, I agree. And look, just two points on on campaign. I think I think they should be giving him more minutes um, to to. I don't think the they're going to have a choice. He he gave them 15 minutes today, and I thought they could have used him uh, for a lot longer. Um, so I'm a bit, I was a bit surprised by that, and just throughout the whole series, they've been giving him sort of 15, 17 minutes, and he hasn't been getting sort of much more than that, um, except in the blowout. To the box when they sat Booker for the whole quarter and then and then CP3 came out so they gave him about 25 minutes. But when it's a full game, he's getting 15-17 minutes, and I think they can get more out of him. The second point on Bud and his adjustments, um, look, I, I love PJ Tucker's enthusiasm and and the fact that he's a ball of energy and he's always in your face, etc. But thank God Bud is actually playing him less and less minutes as the series is going on, because mm. I think you're much better off putting Holiday and Middleton on Booker and CP3 and flip them around however you want. And then um, any combination of Giannis, Lopez, Portis uh, off the bench, um, uh, Connerton, whoever you bring on is just always going to give you a bit more than, than PJ. Like I'm not sure PJ is doing, if anything, he's spotting the other guys' minutes by sort of making, allowing them to rest a little, whether it's Drew or Middleton, whoever's not guarding the other star or Phoenix, is getting a bit of a rest while PJ's guarding Devin Booker usually. Um, for me, that's like the value that he's bringing to the team. But beyond that, he doesn't really stop Booker very well, I feel. I feel that Booker still gets what he wants. And really today he had one shot, hit three points, but he's been like coming out with donuts anyway for most of the time. So, but sort of seeing that and if you see sort of game on game, I think now he's at 24 minutes and Connaughton is getting 33 minutes um, uh, off the bench. Right. So I think that's been a good adjustment as well. Yeah. Look, I I think
1: PJ Tucker is one of those guys that just fits into the category of being a nuisance. (laughs) He will go out there and he will not stop talking and he will get in your face and he'll muck everything up. um, And and that works sometimes, but when you get when you get figured out by somebody, it makes you look really really bad. Like a, a, when Jokic was smashing up the the Clippers um, in the in the paint, and they had oh, what's I'm having a mental blank. He's like my most disliked Clippers player. Um, Who, all of them, uh, Morris. Yeah. No, no, the guard loud mouth injures everybody Oh, Patrick Beverly yeah Beth, Like Patrick <laughs> Beverly yeah can't, I forgot his name but it's it's like the same category right like yeah. they're just going to go out there they're going to talk mad shit the whole time if they put you off your game that's part of it and they match up really well against particular types of players but when somebody's figured them out they they don't really have a plan b and I was watching a um uh jj reddick's podcast and he was saying he played pj tucker in college and they were blowing his team out by like 30 points and he was still talking and he was just (laughs) like this guy will never shut up and that's 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 who he is but he's there's not a lot of range or nuance to to what he does he he does what he does very well but if somebody can figure out a way around it then um he he just gets caught lacking, especially people that are kind of athletic as well. They kind of just leave him, leave him for dead a little bit. So it's mm-hmm. yeah, I th- I think I mean carton has been great. Like you can't really argue that that wasn't a good that wasn't a, a good change that was made.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, man. And uh, you know, Giannis and his free throws again. I think Ben Simmons rightfully cops a lot of shit, and I think because Giannis does so, does so many other things well, he sort of People mention it, but it's sort of let get. Let's go, gets let go. Sorry, four of eleven today, and I think towards the end, uh, he missed some really critical free throws. And even on the you know signature play alley dunk, um, he missed that free throw, but just was very lucky that they got the tip. And um, cleverly enough, he actually tipped the ball back to Middleton in midair instead of actually grabbing the rebound and getting fouled himself so to have the presence of mind to do that you know excellent he's he's a superstar but that's
1: also how bad his free throw shooting is it like is. no it one is. knows where it's going no. it should not be bouncing out bad enough that it comes to where it came from <laughs>
0: like yeah, it's, you missed it a- is
1: so bad and yeah. you look at it and you're like nobody knows where this is going to go after a hit and I was watching it today, and I'm like, they actually get a surprisingly large number of rebounds off his second free throw.
0: Because, <laughs> <I laughs> yeah, you know, I don't think anyone's expecting him to miss short as often as he does. And a lot yeah. of these are short. He's missing short, and then whether it's Portis or Lopez or Holiday, I'm competing for the rebound, balls in the air, and then, you know, they're just so much bigger that they're always going to gonna be favoured to get those, those rebounds and, and get the second chances. So... You know, but again, look—it's—it's it's an issue. They might win, and for me, it's still an issue, right? Like even is, if they win, the... it, he's got to fix it.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've—I think we said it last time out. He's—he's he's just like Shaq, mm. where it's like I'm going to go and I'm going to shoot like forty percent from the line in the finals, but I'll still have forty on my sheet. And you look at it, just thinking—if you were efficient other from the free throw line. You have so many more points, and you 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 take away fouling him as a as
0: a as a, as a viable defensive option. So, just on that, right? It hasn't been tried yet in this series, Eric. To my surprise, so I was going to bring that up. The reason I brought the free, throw I, like I was like, like so, hacking him. I was like, today, start hacking him. So when it, so why not, right? So in the next game, you're in Milwaukee. If they get on a run or something, why not hack him? Why not send him yeah. to the line if he's shooting as poorly as he is? He had an outlier game, um, the thirteen of seventeen when they won by twenty points, and that was man, that looked like butter. It was that mm. smooth every time it came, you know, out of his hand. I don't think clearly that's not the the norm. It was clearly an exception. If he's shooting four of eight, four of eleven, um, what's stopping them from just hacking him and and make him earn it? Yeah, I I don't know. I was thinking the same thing when
1: when it looked like they were starting to kind of speed up and get away from phoenix in the fourth i was like start hacking that's if if you've got enough fouls out there with the right players to to actually pull it off but you you should be hacking him like I'm, and I'm, it's the it's the kind of thing where I'm surprised that Chris Paul hasn't sort of demanded it as well. That's a very like up his alley Chris Paul kind of approach to it. Like he doesn't care if you like him or not. He'll flop any time that it suits him. He'll like. I don't think he think twice about like any sort of tactic that gets in there and hacks him. And I'd, you know, I would have started today. I mean, if if they go through and they don't hack him, I think it's a very poor piece of of like tactics. I mean, it's not nice. People aren't gonna like it, but if you if you win a chip, mm-hmm. people won't remember how angry they were that it happened. They'll remember that Giannis wasn't able to hit his free throws. So I'm I'm very much in the camp of hacking. Like yep. from tomorrow almost as bad as as shaq was where it, he'd be at the other end of the court in the first quarter and you just hack <laughs> like and, and just to yeah. disturb his rhythm even if even if that's what you get out of it if you if you chop up the rhythm of the game you, because but like, milwaukee seem to like they're rhythm shooters once mm. they get once they get into a groove you're like this is actually really difficult to stop
0: um hacking will chop that up too where do you see the help coming it has to be CP3, right? You're like I can't see who else is going to be above and beyond. Like Maybe Bridges, if you're not going to give him more than six, seven shots a game, he's not going to give yeah. you that help. I mean, he'll make what he makes. And A10, I think it's just, all right, 20 and 10 is fine, but it's nothing spectacular. If it's not CP3, I don't see who else it is. Like, who, who's going to help them next game? There's,
1: there's nobody else who can get you 30. Chris is the only one on that team. I mean unless you you know I don't like, I do not even think mm. I'd like, be unless he has maybe a, has a 30 point game ever mm. like I I mean for a lot of these guys they're not they're not big scorers and mm. Phoenix had always played like all season they've been playing it was, almost kind of similar to the way the Spurs used to play where it's like, move the ball, move the ball, move the ball, move the ball, look for the best shot at like, give up a good shot. if you think you can get a, somebody else can get a great shot. Um, so they hadn't been playing a sort of style where like one or two guys explodes for massive scores. And then, and then away you go. It was like, they were still scoring, but everybody was sort of chipping in a bit, but mm. I don't I don't know if that really works that well when you're in the finals. It's almost like once you've had a couple of games to see what everybody's tendencies are, you need people who can go in, get you buckets and and end up having a big scoring night and it's it's Chris Paul. That's that's it. There's there's no one else there. If DeAndre Ayton's going to have a big game, it's going to be big on rebounds. He's not going to go out there and get you 35. Mm. I don't think, and and I think Giannis it can defend him and, and Lopez can keep him busy for, for a little bit as well. So he's not going to have a, you know, he's not going to go feast. So he's going to have to work for everything. So I, I think you're right. Like CP3 is the only place it can come from.
0: Yeah. And, you know, with that in mind, I, I personally can't see it happening. So I've got the Bucs closing this out. Eric in game six and Giannis winning MVP. What's your pick? for the rest of the series.
1: Look, I, I I think that's it. Um, I was watching the, uh, they're going back to play on their, their home court. I mean, Phoenix were the best traveling, like they were the best away team all year, but like watching the way they're looking in press conferences, they, they look kind of deflated. Um, and they look kind of, they look irritated. They don't look kind of calm. And, and the Bucks are like really enjoying the moment. Like I think they're they're calmer. They're they're a younger team. Um, so I I'm, I'm with you. I think they close it out on their on their home court. Um, and there's there's absolutely no argument for anybody other than Giannis for for MVP. I mean, you could I think um, Jerry West won MVP on the losing team once. Mm. I think you could make an argument that like even if. Even if Phoenix won, you could make the argument that the best player has been has been Giannis. Nice. He's he has played consistently at the highest level. Like Book has been getting some, like has been getting great points. But what Giannis is doing at both ends of the court and like huge defensive plays, it's just been, you know, he's he's having a fantastic final
0: series. Agree, mate. On a different topic, which will have implications for next year, old mate Kawhi Leonard. Um, apparently, he had a partially torn ACL and he's had surgery now to repair this ACL. Leonard has a player option for next season, Eric, uh, which is thirty-six million dollars or something like that. He, this this injury is going to have him out for a fair few months, right? It's not a complete tear like the Jamal Murray torn ACL, which is almost like a year out. But with this out, like he's going to miss easily half the season next year, given the injury he's probably going to take the player option and then see what happens after that. But really, I think, you know, the Clippers now are in a bit of a bind with essentially having a max player on the books. That's not going to play for half the season and you're competing in the West. Do you find yourself again in that sort of four to seven spot and another wasted year? You know, what, what's your well, take on do, all that? I mean, do
1: they even avoid the play if they don't have Kawhi next mm. year, like if all the other guys are he- healthy, like if, if Clay's back for Golden State, mm. um, if Jamal Murray's back, if like if the Lakers are healthy, mm. you, you're kind of looking at it you're going, there's no guarantee you get into the playoffs next year if you've just got Paul George and mm. and that team. And it's there's, I mean, the Kawhi thing is is a pain in the ass, but like Reggie Jackson is due to get paid now as well. So you're like, mm. how do I balance out, out all these pieces? I mean, I, the, what, what I've been seeing getting reported in the media is that it is like a nine-month turnaround for the type of surgery that he had. Right. So he would be coming back in at the playoffs, essentially, or just mm-hmm. before the playoffs. And when you look at that, you're like, okay, I, I'm probably going to have no no kawaii for the whole year and then as an organization i've got to decide am i gonna offer this guy a four-year contract for god knows how many million or is he going to kind of play a year and then try get a five-year contract out of me once again yeah, the, the full
0: bird rights yeah so i don't know i do they blow it up like Man,
1: it's, how, it's cursed, like,
0: how cursed are the clippers though they, they,
1: they are the most cursed like the like the Knicks have have sucked but they've never kind of had quite this thing happen to them like this is this is our like our version of this is the Murray Stodemeyer contract after he got injured like that's that's kind of the the closest sort of example but this is like all your picks are gone. You've maxed out Paul George. Your, your main player is always injured, but now he's been even more injured than he was previously. Um, you're like, your good role players are due to get paid more money. Are they going to kind of stay? Where, where, where do you go? I don't see a, it's the only option that they, it feels like the only option they've got is you, you gamble on Kawhi. And that's a terrible, it's that's so a good. terrible option. Like, and I was I think, just, like, what? Well, like, maybe like, if he gets one good year, you try, you try trade him. I mean, I've heard people saying, did we try um, trade uh, Paul George and try get Dame or try get try get somebody else? But I don't, like, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Like, I know you are not going to win a title with Paul George as your best player.
0: That's not going to no, happen. And and, you know, like, if you're Kawhi and it's so hard to read this guy, so you're never sure of his motivation. I know he wanted to go to LA, so does he decide, you know what, I'll have two rings, i have two final MVPs, I'm happy being in LA, and if the Clippers are going to offer me the five-year max, then I'm going to take it and just essentially play out my career in, in LA and um, and retire there, right? On the other hand, if you're the Clippers, I think there is definitely a scenario where you might sign this guy to the max and then a year in, if shit's not working out, you've got to, you've got to look at a trade at some point and retooling because he's just been proven. I think he, it's just so hard to trust his body, uh, yeah. Eric. And, and he sort of essentially this season, he had everything he wanted. He rested a lot of games. He, he played in a restricted minutes, a lot of games. Uh, he came in and out as needed he was averaging 30 points a game in the playoffs and being fantastic. The issue is never about Kawhi's ability as a basketball player and as someone who can come through when you need him. But as they say, the best ability is availability and he's just not available at all. So pretty sad state of affairs, really, um, for, for the Clippers in that sense. Yeah, I, when when they made that trade, um
1: and everybody was saying this team's going to this team's going to win and this team's going to kind of play you know there were stories like pat beverly was in a restaurant standing on the table yelling that he was about to become a champion i, I immediately dislike this team and like, i want this team to either miss the playoffs or lose in like painful ways all the like for this whole period and then as soon as as soon as this is broken up and they've gone on to something else i'll probably stop caring about the Clippers again for 10 years but the, even I feel sorry for them (laughs) because I was like, I just don't, I I don't know what you, what you do. So many of the things that they've been doing have been based on um, having Kawhi there, but what's so amazing is we all knew there was a pretty good chance he'd get hurt, but it's still super surprising when you look at it and go, wow, they're really, they're really in some trouble here. So, I mean, they must have had some contingency plan that they were thinking of. Like if you had no what happens if Kawhi gets injured plan, then you're a terrible general manager. So yeah. I, I don't know what they're I don't know what they're gonna do, but it's um you know, it's my my instinct is you need to get you know, you need to get him off the books. Like if he can come back and have a relatively healthy year, I'd be looking to move him as soon as possible. Cause I don't think I'm going to have a 35-year-old healthy Kawhi Leonard. Like, I just, I don't think that's going to work. The back end of that, that contract is going to be one of the worst contracts in the league. So it's, it's really like, do I think I have enough in the team now to win a title if he doesn't play at all next year? So it's not winning next year. You're probably thinking the year after that, to so like two years out, do I have enough? Is he? Is he even going to be able to move the same way? I mean, who? Who knows? So I. I think. I think they're done. I, mm. I think they're going to have to go back to the drawing board. Steve Ballmer going to have to figure out something. I don't know. He's going to have to throw some money at oh, well. it. Maybe pay some luxury tax. I think he's going to. You know, he's a, he's a weird guy. Wouldn't surprise me.
0: He's a, he's a very, very weird guy. Well, I mean, <laughs> you, you're talking about having a contingency for Kawhi's injuries, and if you didn't have one, you're probably not doing your job as a GM or an incapable GM. It's not like Steve Ballmer was the best CEO of Microsoft during his tenure, <laughs> so no. you know, it's not. It's not like he's got an amazing track record of running successful organizations where he's the reason they successful you just happen to be in the right garage at the right time way back in the day
1: <laughs> yeah i look he's i mean steve's you know steve's got a lot of energy <laughs> but if there's uh, you know what what he's he's gonna have to like, I, I honestly think you got two two options you're either staying with Kawhi because you've destroyed all of your trade options or you're going to go pay some ridiculous sum of luxury tax. Probably not to get another star, but maybe to kind of, you know, maybe pay Reggie Jackson. I thought he showed himself to be rock solid. Uh, even, even though they lost, he was out there. He was like a constant kind of 20 to 25 every night. He, he played really well. Um, but some of the other positions I'm looking at, I'm like, I think you guys need some slightly better big man than Zubac. I just think that you know Etten's just going to eat him eat his lunch. If if AD is healthy, he's going to eat his lunch. There's you, you just you're going to get destroyed in the paint. And then if you got through to the finals, what like what would they have done with Giannis? But like it'd be it'd be a mess. So I think if they were. If they were going to go into a whole bunch of luxury tax, I'd be looking at the bench and the support players and not trying to get my hands on another star. He probably couldn't afford to get another star. Well, I mean, he probably can, but the numbers would be eye-watering.
0: Yeah. Look, already uh, storylines for next season. Thanks a lot, E. No worries, mate. Thanks everyone for listening in. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we will chat to you soon. Oh, 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 oh,